What's up, party people? This is your boy, DC, the Brain Supreme of Tag Team. And you're rocking with On Screen and Beyond. I'm the next guest. Sprinkles! Let's get this party started. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. And we are off and ready for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 570 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we go back to, well, it's it spans... Till now, but it goes back to 1993 when the song Whoop, There It Is came out. We have DC Glenn of the Tag Team, and uh, he is one half of the group Tag Team, and they had the monster hit Whoop, There It Is back in 1993. And, you, of course, you can hear it on a c- commercial right now. It's, it's out there, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We're going to talk with DC Glenn of Tag Team in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So get ready for that. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at On Screen and Beyond Podcast. And on uh, Twitter, you can catch us at On Screen, the letter N, Beyond. All right, so that's a couple of ways you can check us out. And, of course, download all the episodes of On Screen and Beyond. Help us out and uh, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond and get things moving here. We have so many episodes that we are getting up for you. And like I said, this is episode 570, and we just got more and more coming your way with the holiday seasons coming up our way not too far away. Where you know, we hit uh, you know, uh, Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. I mean, it's just rolling through, and we'll keep coming at you with more episodes of On Screen and Beyond. So, uh, hope you'll enjoy that. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to us or follow us or whatever they call it at each individual. Uh, podcast provider so you can automatically get it you don't have to go looking for us and find the new episode that comes your way you can just automatically subscribe to it doesn't cost anything you just push the button and that way uh, each week when we put out the new episode of on screen or beyond you will automatically get it so that's the best way to do it if you get a chance please leave us a review hopefully a five-star review hope you're enjoying all the episodes Look back at our catalog and find out all these great people that we've had. And uh, right now, like I said, many times we are continually reposting them uh, as we change providers and everything. We had to redo them, so uh, they're slowly getting back up there. We're over 250, I think, now or something, or 70 or 80, or who knows. Uh, but uh, we'll eventually get them all up there, and then we'll be just be handing you the, the regular weekly show. But every day you'll get uh, uh, one of the old episodes coming your way. So I hope you're enjoying those, and uh, it's a lot of fun listening to them. I've listened to uh, many of them, and, you know, to be honest, I've forgotten about a lot of them. So, But anyways, let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, a retelling of the story of Merlin and King Arthur is in the works over at Disney. Now, uh, Michael Matthews of Love and Monsters will be directing this one. And on November 10th, you can uh, get the remake of Clifford the Big Red Dog as it hits theaters. And the remake of West Side Story is supposedly finally going to be arriving. And that's on December 10th from Steven Spielberg. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, got a couple of interesting ones here. You can look for Mel Gibson to star in Hot Seat. It's an action thriller about an ex-hacker who is forced to hack into a bank system by an unknown man who has put a bomb under his chair in his office. Mel Gibson plays the guy who sets out to save the man. And Gina Carano, formerly of The Mandalorian, will star in a western called Terror on the Prairie. And David Gordon Green, the director of Halloween Kills, will be directing a movie about Walt Disney's journey to build Disneyland. And it will show on Disney+. Plus. 
That's it for upcoming new movies. Next, it's time for Sequel City. Sequels. Well, Will Poulter will play Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He can currently be seen on Hulu's Dope Stick. And, of course, he was in Where the Millers. And The Batman with Robert Pattinson, is, uh, in which he's going to be playing lead, of course, now has a March 4th, 2022 release date. All right. And look for Mission Impossible 7 on September 30th, 2022. That's it for sequels. Next on Oscar to be on, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, Rick and Morty, the complete fifth season, lands on Blu-ray and DVD on December 7th. Call the Midwife, season 10, arrives on DVD on December 7th. And The Good Witch, season 7, comes our way on October 26th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Next on On's Going to Be On, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, One Night in Miami hits Blu-ray and DVD on December 7th. Stillwater comes to DVD and Blu-ray on October 26th. And Tina, the story of Tina Turner, goes to Blu-ray and DVD on November 9th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, it looks like Titans has been renewed for Season 4 on HBO Max. Jennifer Coolidge will be returning to Season 2 of HBO's hit show dark comedy, The White Lotus. And Michael O'Neill, a past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, and Celia Watson will star in Echoes, a Netflix psychological thriller limited series. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have none other than the brain supreme. We have DC Glenn, one half of Tag Team, the group, and he's going to be talking about a lot of different stuff. Whoop, there it is. Comes our way once again, and he's back. DC Glenn is next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, we have as our guest a songwriter, a producer, an actor, and a rapper who we have all heard in his 1993 monster hit, Whoop, There It Is. He is one half of the musical group tag team. It's Cecil Glenn, better known as DC the Brain Supreme. DC, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, man. Good to be here. Now, DC, it, it, it's an honor to have you on here. Uh, you know, it, it, you have no idea how many times I have heard "Whoop, there it is." <laughs> you have no idea how many times I've heard "Whoop, there it is." <laughs> I'm sure you have heard it more than anybody. <laughs> Forever Groundhog Day. Come on, man. <laughs> but that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what every every singer wants. I mean, you know. And and I, I am very gracious. I am very thankful. And I have worked for 30 years to keep this record, you know, viable. And it's just been a great journey, you know, through the trials and tribulations. I have just kept my, you know, kept my, kept the metal to, you know, pedal to the metal or whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pedal to the metal. Right. And yeah. just, just grind, man. I grind, I hustle, and learn and i just come up with tactics that keep me successful and you know it's about life it's about how you adapt it's about how you do your thing it's about how you overcome it's about how you achieve it's about all those things mm -hmm. so i've had a good run and the run continues and you know I took a little break so i could sit down and talk to your people now, this song, uh, it, it just like I said, it's one of these songs that just keeps going and going. And there's not a lot of songs that have that longevity. They, you know, we hear them on the radio every once in a while. But, but I mean, your song is just going and going. And now you're in commercials. I mean, 
and it's crazy because this has always been going on like this, right? But it's it's been subliminal, right? Mm-hmm. You've probably been in, you know, the song's probably been in 30, 40 commercials. Oh, yeah, and movies. And, and movies and soundtracks and uh, just everything. And But it's subliminal, right? Because you hear it and it brings back the memory. But it was the essence of us and this Geico commercial that bought it back. Mm-hmm. The essence of what it was was the '90s and what we were doing when we were in the '90s, yeah. and that memory brought back just because it was such a good party and it was fun and everybody smiling. It was what the world needed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like every, I mean, there's so many. It, it's just what the world needed, and people tell me when I travel, I travel pretty much every day. We're doing a show all over the place. We're traveling everywhere. We the sheer variety of things we get to do, and I get to see the joy in people's faces that it brings, mm-hmm. and it is overwhelming. Yeah. And it is my responsibility to talk to as many people as I can, and give away my experience, and let people know that there is a way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there is a way. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't accomplish. And, you know, all I can say is look at me right now, 30, 28 years later, I'm still viable. I'm still relevant. You know what I mean? We have to work hard, but it takes hard work, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Did you ever about, think when you first started doing this that, you know, 30 years later, you're going to be, you know, still going strong? Yeah, because that's what you do it for. You do it to, to be, you know, the Rolling Stones. You do it to be on tour when you're in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what it's for. You see that, and you they, they could tour forever. You tour till you die, right? And, you know, that is what you love. And we kind of re, we re, reinvented how we do things. And we actually, you know, we actually took it back to the beginning. It's like all these things that, you know, everything becomes, that's old becomes new again, right? Mm-hmm. And people appreciate it because it's just in a different form, and a person doesn't haven't hasn't seen that before. They get to appreciate it. And with Wunk, here's you know people think that people weren't hearing Wunk, but what they don't understand is that children have been listening to Wunk for the last thirty years. Because in the '90s, we did a record with Mickey Mouse. I taught the voices of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. Right, yeah. And the, and the record was called Mickey on Rap, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a whole generation of kids that loved that record. And then you had Kid Fox coming in to the 2000s, which is kind of like a jock jams, but they made a video to whom there it is for the kids. So in every elementary school and in a preschool, you got, you know, the little preschoolers, they play it to wear the kids out. And then if the kids are good in, you know, kindergarten, first and second, they play it just to have, let them have fun on Friday. <laughs> and I watched this, right? So now when you fast forward to a Geico commercial and, you know, a teenager standing there with his dad and his dad is singing it and his teenager singing it, both of them looking at each other like, what you know about this? What do you know about this? Because it's been underlying the whole time. And I realized, because for the first 10 years, it was always like a double dutch. Is it going to die? Is it going to live? Is it going to die? Is it going to live? When is it going to be over? When is it going to be over? And I'm sitting in a movie theater, and I'm watching Will Ferrell dance on a table in Elf to Wound. There it is. And at that point, I knew that I had a forever hit record. I knew that I had an evergreen record, and it was up to me to make my money. Mm -hmm. It was up to me to put myself in all those positions and make that the pension plan, right? And that's what I've done. So I've had to I've had to learn how to do finance, learn how to run my life like a corporation, learn SEO. I've had to learn voiceover. I've had to learn how to act, learn how to do all these secondary things to support the one thing that makes me great, right? Mm-hmm. And whoop, there it is is what gets me in boardrooms. Whoop, there it is is what gets the conversation going. But on on you know below the surface. You know, voiceover is paying the bills, right? Mm-hmm. This yep. week on NBC, I'm good at it. <laughs> it should be 10 years to get good at it. SEO is paying the bills because SEO is the ability for you to find people and offer your services and get in front of the people who need your services, right? 
So somebody needs a concert, old school 90s concert or 90s party. Well, I can fashion the page or do a blog post where I can get in front of those people. And I don't need thousands. I just need 10. Right? Mm -hmm. See what SEO, most people think you got to have just a whole bunch. I want 75,000 searches a month. Mm, I'd rather have 100 people who are looking for me. Right. Right? Who are looking for my services or looking for, I solve a problem for people. What problem can I solve for people? And then you get in front of them. And now you solve their problem and you get paid. I learned how to act. Became an actor in 2017. Now I'm probably, what is it? I got three movies, two television shows, and tons of voiceover about to drop all at the same time. Wow. And I keep booking, right? I keep booking because I've gotten better at it. And all these things were things in my life that I thought I had, they passed me by. I thought I made mistakes. I thought that I had missed opportunities. But, you know, the pandemic taught me that there are no missed opportunities. There are no mistakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Like, I didn't realize my voiceover career started when I taught Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap <laughs> in 2000, I mean, uh, 1995. Yeah. But I used to beat myself up. I'd be like, man, I can't believe I didn't, you know, I was there. I was there in the room. In a big studio in Disney, I was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was wound. There it is. I'm in the office, 97, 96. New line president of New Line Cinema. And he's a fan. He's like, hey, man, I, wanna, I might want to cast you in this new vampire movie we got. We got Wesley Snipes and we got LL Cool J. Movie's called Blade. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to my manager. I just, I wasn't there. Wow. And then years later, I beat myself up because I was there, oh, man. <laughs> right? Man. And everybody wants to walk on the stage and, and win that Academy Award and give that speech, right? Even if you don't want to be an actor, you still, that's something that everybody would love to do. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I realized that sometimes in life, you're just not ready. That doesn't mean you give up. That means you keep going and you get back to it. And that's what I've done. Yeah. And now... You know, I stand here with one of the biggest commercials. You know, this is going to go down as a where's the beef. Oh, yeah. It cracks right? me up every time I see it. It's, it's a riot. Yeah, every, I mean, how, what is that, right? Like, I, you know, but the reason that it is like that is because I'm an actor and I prepared. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't an actor, I probably would have just walked up and be like, okay, what are we doing? Right? And just did it. And you could tell when people do that. But I was like, nope going in here with 10 things that I can have to make this commercial better because that's how I've been trained as an actor. And I went to the director and the producer. I said, hey, I got a couple things, a couple ideas. They were like, whatever you want to do, DC. And I was like, well, I was okay. Cool. I was trying to make a spin and scoop, but I couldn't find one to fabricate. It'll be done tomorrow, DC. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> I know kids love sprinkles, but, you know, we got to have a lot of sprinkles, okay? Like, DC will have a truckload of sprinkles for you. <laughs> And everything I wanted to do, they knew because they knew they picked the right one. Yeah. Because of our professionalism, right? And because of all those things that I learned over the years, all that heartache, all that stuff, right? Prepared me for this very moment. Yeah. And we shot that commercial and it was incredible. It was fun. The energy was incredible. And then it was over, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. What's next? And I'm like, well, I need to take advantage of this, but I can't because. We're in the middle of a pandemic. So, mm -hmm. you know, Salt and Pepper did their Geico commercial in 2014 and didn't stop touring to the pandemic. I can't tour, so what am I going to do? And I was like, let me get a publicist for acting and voiceover. So I tried to get a publicist, but they didn't want to work with me because they're working from home. They Geico commercial, we've never done something like that. They gave me every reason why they couldn't instead of one reason why they should. So in life, when people tell you you can't do something or you get stuck, this is what I do, and it has worked for me better than anything, any tactic I've ever done in my life. I joined an organization, association, or a society because those organizations are filled with people who love their profession. And that group of people have been doing, the, they have been the leaders in their profession for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And they have all the resources. So I said, I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And I joined the Public Relations Society of America two days in, the Super Bowl week on a Wednesday. I raised my hand on the Zoom call and said, hey, 
I got a press release. Are they still relevant? They're like, well, what's it for? Because there's a big CEO of the PR firm on, you know, we get to ask questions to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a National Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. <laughs> and I just watched the chat. And it's like, no, that can't be him. What is he doing here? <laughs> oh, my God, I love that commercial. Man, that commercial the greatest commercial of all time. My kids, my dog dances that commercial. And it was just, I blew up the entire chat. Wow. And this was when it was really hot. And the 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 moderator was like, okay, everybody, like join. Would like to uh, thank DC for joining the organization. And back to his question, and they asked the CEO, and she was like, yes, those press releases will be be relevant because the whole last year has been COVID. Every story has been about COVID. Mm-hmm. Every story has been political, right? Yep. And you guys come in throwing sprinkles, spinning scoops, dancing, and DC will smile, of course that press release is going to work. And you're going to go here for all the publicists. You're going to go here for all the TV talk shows. You're going to go here for all the journalists. You're going to go here for all the podcasts. And you're going to make sure your pictures are like this. And she gave me the entire breadth of her experience in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me I never thought imaginable. And there's the reason that you and I are talking right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I didn't quit. I kept playing offense. I learned how to learn a new tactic to get what I wanted. And now, I'm, you know, I dropped that press release on a Wednesday, Thursday morning. Dan Patrick show calls. Hmm. Friday Super Bowl before Tom Brady wins his, what, seventh Super Bowl? I'm on a Dan Patrick show. Hmm. Wow. A week later, I'm on a Tamara Hall show, national television. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because of the hustle, and I asked everybody, well, how, well, "Why? Why did you pick us?" Hey, man, I saw the press release. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And these are the things that I've done over the years to stay in the game. Some work, some don't. But you can't be, you cannot be emotionally attached to it. You can't. There is no quid pro quo, right? Mm-hmm. You can't expect something from your hard work because. It don't work like that. That's just life. If you do, that's when you get discouraged and you quit. You know, you don't plant a seed and then sit by the seed and be like, grow seed, grow. This seed don't work. I quit. Right? You don't do that. Right. You plant the seed and you keep it moving. Right? And then, you know, nature has a way that if it's supposed to be, if it's going to be a seed that's going to grow, it's going to grow. It might turn into a shrub. It might turn into a bush. It might turn into some fruit. I planted the seed of Woomp, there it is, 28 years ago, and now it is a redwood tree. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't know when and how it's going to happen, but you must be prepared so when it does happen, you can handle it, you can take the ball, you can take the baton, and you can keep running. And that's all I concentrate on is just preparation. Yeah. And I know I'm not talking, you know, this this is important because, I rarely do a music podcast. Um, I, everything I talk about is about life and how to how to get to your dreams, mm-hmm. how to get to your vision, how to get to what you want. Because you're looking at me, and I've gotten what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it took a lot of hard work, but that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, this might this this is I love to talk to people about this because. It's so important. And sometimes, you know, like with acting, it took me so long. It was just brutal, you know, and people would tell me the same thing, you know, over and over. And it might take 12 times. Somebody told it to me a little different that 13th time. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm in movies. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm in movies, man. I'm in, te- I'm in television shows. Right. Yeah. It's blowing me away. Jeez. Blowing me away. So that's hey. incredible. Now, did Geico approach you for the the? So, did they want yeah, to use so your song? Here's that, so here's how that worked. 2011. A little backstory. 2011. I'm at the clubs. I've been DJing forever, mm-hmm. and I get a call, and they're like, "DC, you got to come to the front." There's a woman. She won't get off the phone. She says she needs to talk to you. I'm like, "Man, which one of these women I done?" Okay, let me go up here and. It was a report from the New York Times. I was like, look, you got to call me in the morning. She called me in the morning. She said, DC, have you read the Gawker article? I was like, no. She's like, the whole world thinks Barack Obama was in your music video. I'm like, what? They took a little clip, one frame, 
with a guy named L.A. Stone. He looks exactly like Barack Obama, ah. right? And everybody starts blowing me up because she 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 had the wherewithal to keep trying to find me, found me, then told all her colleagues. Now I'm doing ABC, NBC, CBS. I'm doing all the networks. I'm doing Stephen Colbert's show. I'm doing all this stuff. And at the end of the week, I was pissed off because I had nothing to show for it, hmm. and it was traumatic. And when these things happen in my life, I vow that they will never happen again. And that's what started my SEO career. That's what started my digital marketing career because I had no web presence in the right way. So therefore, I had to learn it for myself. Because back then, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. You type in tag team today, it's all tag team. Fast forward, I get a call from my acting agent, beautiful Miss Lena. She's like, DC, you guys, you just booked, she's like, you just booked a Geico commercial. I was like, don't play with me in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't even audition for a Geico commercial because I'm thinking acting. And she was like, no, they want a tag team. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went and checked the tag team line, and there it was. But they didn't even wait for me to call back. They went to my IMDB, found my agents, called my agents. And I was like, shoot, this is synergy. Let me let my agents make the deal. <laughs> I let my agents make the deal, and it is the biggest deal I have ever inked Wow! in my career. Most lucrative deal I've ever inked in my career. Bigger than Wound, there it is. Hmm. And we just finished a Geico commercial. Geico, we got a Geico ice cream. We made an ice, they made us an ice cream. <laughs> right? Really? Wow. And... On the second Geico commercial, they let me do the voiceover. They don't do that. Uh-huh. That's that's less for people. You have to let, you have to take full advantage of every opportunity you have, and you have to milk it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. You have to let people know in business that they picked the right one. If they pick, if they know they picked the right one, you will be doing things for a long time. I expect we do something with the guy with the gecko next. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like these, these are the things that these are the these are the things that make it worth it. Make all that hard work, all that blood, all that sweat, all them tears makes it worth it. Because if you give up, this never happens. If I don't hustle, this never happens. If I don't network, this never happens. If I don't make you know, if I don't infiltrate and you know assimilate to everybody and learn everybody's name and know everybody and build these relationships. This don't happen. Right. Yep. And, you know, after the Super Bowl, what, a month and a half after the Super Bowl, now we're the grand marshal of the second biggest race in NASCAR, Talladega 500. Hmm. Yeah. What are the odds? Jeez. We're <laughs> WWE. We're performing at the Western Conference Finals of the NBA playoffs. We're I mean, it's just a sheer variety. I the first pitch for a White Sox game when they clinched their playoff berth. What is going on? <laughs> right? Jeez. But, but it's all hustle, yeah. right? Because And another thing, it's been strategy, too, because we're a clean rap group. Yes. We don't cut. It makes a difference, I think. Now we can go, you can put us anywhere. You can put us in the Icepades. We had a lady want to give us 30 shows for the Icepades, but it wasn't for enough money. Hmm. Be gone for 30 days, do that, right? Like, you know, just, it just wasn't enough money. And she wanted to be exclusive. No, 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 no. You can't do that. But the opportunities, I have to say no to a lot of stuff. But this is the beauty of all of that work, all of that effort, all of that hustle, all of that education, right? Mm-hmm. Because now... I'm not trying to be a star. I'm not trying. I just want, you know, I had a big meeting with my agents. They're like, DC, what do you want? I was like, I'm good. You guys do a great job for me. They're like, DC, what do you want? I'm like, I'm good. I'm humble. Thank you. They're like, DC, what is your bucket list? I said, That's a different question. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a point. thought about it. And I said, I want to be in The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. Live action or animation. I want to be in anything Star Wars, live action, or animation, because if you're a star in Star Wars, you're a star forever. Yes. Right? It could be the smallest role. You will last forever. Mm-hmm. And you will be revered, right? Yep. So that's what I throw out when I do national interviews, because it's 
somebody might, you know, you know how it goes. Somebody might be listening. They might go to John Favreau and say, hey, man, the dude from Tag Team, the Sprinkles dude, yeah, man, my kids love that commercial. Mm-hmm. He wants to be in a Mandalorian, call his agent. Yeah, you, never know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just never know. Yeah, wow. But but I'm not I'm not married to it and I'm not mostly attached to it. I just throw things in the universe that I want. If they come back, they come back. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. Wow. But you throw enough things out there that some of them are going to come back and they become lucrative for you because you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, give me five lines with the rock. I'll do the rest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want all roles and big movies. Because it's the same mm-hmm. as having a big role in a small movie. Right. Right? Yeah. Give me five lines with The Rock. You know what I mean? And then I do I do voiceovers. So I'm doing animation. I'm doing promo work. I'm doing commercial work. You know, that that, that, that is a big part of what I do. So I like doing a whole bunch of things, but a little bit of a whole bunch of things. And then now we've just reinvented our show. The show's getting better and better and better. I've had to reinvent myself. That's why the pandemic was instrumental in everything, because it is the greatest thing pretty much that has happened to me. The other side is the other side, right? We all know that side. But there's another side to the pandemic. What you going to do, right? How do you adapt? Mm -hmm. What do you do? How do you fight? How do you fight through it? How do you keep your sanity? How do you do all the things that we have never been challenged at? as a collective, right? I said, well, I know one thing I could do, and I could sit, do that sitting here in my office is I can do voiceovers because I got my studio set up. So then I just reinvented myself with voiceover. I went back and listened to my 10-year-old self when I got my, my lessons when I started voiceover in 2009 and almost broke down crying. I was so terrible. Because <laughs> back then I thought I could wound there it is my way through anything. And I thought it was my coach's fault that I wasn't learning because voiceover was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I went back and listened to that first lesson, and it was just it was it was it was just cringeworthy. But then it was inspirational because I'm like, wait a minute, now I understand what they were trying to tell me. And did that first voiceover again, and it was angelic because that's the first time in my life I had mastery over my voice, and I can make my voice do anything I wanted it to do. And all of a sudden, I started booking because back then, you know, I went, I had to have 40 classes. And I went through for the month of March when everybody thought we were going to all turn into zombies and start eating each other. <laughs> I'm in, in the lab getting better at voiceover, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I started booking because every commercial was, we're all in this together, COVID, right? Everything was like that. Yep. So it was just right up my alley. And then, I booked my first movie in Nebraska. My acting coach was like, I'm casting this movie. We're shooting in, in Nebraska. Can you get that? I was like, I got a hazmat suit. And then the next one we shot in South Georgia. Got a producer called me for that. And then I book another uh, a Tyler Perry House of Pain. I book a national campaign, not national, but a regional campaign for Publix Grocery Store. And then here comes Geico. I was doing good before Geico. Mm-hmm. And after Geico, I had two or three things. So it's just like, I get better and better and better, and now it's a joy to audition. It's a joy to trial for all these things because it's my chance to show how my hard work has paid off. So that's why life is fun for me now because at 55, I get to show people that if you don't ever quit, there's something for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's There's for sure. something for you. Those middle years, eh, hey, there's something for you there too. Right. But you're going through it then. Yeah. But now it's different. I, I Now I appreciate it so much more than I did when I was young. I was young. It was just like, whatever. Hey, let's have some fun. Right, yeah. Now I appreciate Now I understand what I've been blessed with, understand what I've been put on this earth to do, and I feel I've been put on this earth to just teach people or talk to people mm-hmm. about the things I wish someone had talked to me about when I was a young man. Right, yeah. It's, it's, That's it's... why good 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 new good things that you're telling people that's for sure yeah and you know you know i still have my fun i still do my thing and that's what makes it worth it right it's fun to learn it's fun. <laughs> Edu- i wish i was this i wish i had, i wish education for me was this fun when i was 
getting educated. Right, yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> my path might have been different, right? Yeah. But, like, I, I never, I've never missed the opportunity when trauma hits me to come up with a better solution. Like, we were in a, we, we were in a 20-year lawsuit. Not really a lawsuit, but a legal battle. Right. For the right. Yeah. Yeah. And I could have looked at the glass half empty or I could have looked at it half full. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to get my day in court, so I might as well become a paralegal. So I can understand what the heck these people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Because a lot of times that we don't know things is because of the language. It's like if you don't know if you don't know what they're talking about, then it's Chinese to you or, or, or it's Arabic to you. But if you learn those languages, now your expertise comes into play. Yeah. And now you're on the same level. So... You know, I I became a licensed commodities broker, right? Wow. And it's 2000. I passed the Series 3 exam because I'm thinking I just don't want to let nobody beat me out of money ever again. I, they can't blame right? you there. <laughs> Jeez. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mess up money again or frivolously just spend money again either. So let me learn about finance. And I kind of did it for the wrong reasons, but I did it. And it, it helped me learn the language because year 2000, I listened to CNBC, didn't know anything. Year 2002, I knew it all. Yeah. Right? And then I just started investing in a conservative way. And I've always been able to keep money growing for me. Right? Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the fundamentals. My father told me when I was a child, but he just said it the wrong way. He's like, you spend less than you earn, pay yourself, put the rest away. Like, Dad, I'm balling. I ain't about to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's what it boils down to, right? Yes. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And you know, you do that, you good. And then I started, you know, I got into the self help thing. Then I started running my life like a corporation. I said, I am the entity. Run yourself like a corporation. All right. What kind of corporation am I gonna be? LLC, C S corp, C corp. I'm be a C corp. What's a C corp do? Well, you better figure out the tax situation. Oh, okay. Better get your credit straight. Cool, I got my credit straight. Wait a minute. I can have corporate credit because I have regular good regular credit? Oh, no. I can get a Dunn's number? What? I can get this much in what? Oh. And it got good to me. Yeah. Well, you know, and DC, DC I, I, I noticed that I've had a lot of different uh, rock bands or groups or individuals on the show, and... It's surprising how many uh, musical acts have had difficulties with management or record companies. I mean, Tommy James was on the show, and he talked about it. I mean, you know, heck, even the Beatles, you know, and and they're huge. They had problems with uh, their people, and so it's not uncommon. Everybody goes through it. That's why you better learn it yourself, right? Yeah. I'm at the point now, I, I do everything. I do all our booking. I do all our travel. I do all of our. I I, I come with. I, I come up with so many different things. I go to all these conventions. I hustle because now I get to. You know, the, the fact that I know SEO. Like tomorrow, I got a. I got an appointment at seven o'clock in the morning to learn how to put together. I'm putting together a wiki base. I'm a wiki base. I'm a wiki. I do wiki data. I do Wikipedia pages. I do. JSON LD markup. I do all these things that help you get what you want. Mm-hmm. I can place myself on the first page of anything out there within reason, right? Yep. You can't do it with real estate or, you know, lawyers or anything like that. But, you know, I still can do things that can get people, can get eyes on me. And you're not trying to get a whole bunch of eyes on me. You're trying to get the right eyes on you. I I am in all these organizations, IEPA, all the uh, NACA. National uh, Association of College Advisors. I mean, I mean, all these entities that have the resources to get me shows mm-hmm. without having a booking agent, without having a manager, without having a publicist, because I am learning from 50 publicists as opposed to having one publicist tell me all the things that they know. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, then I get to be innovative because I do so many things that now – Everything I do is custom to me. I had to listen to years. People say, DC, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm like, yeah, but if you hustle, play offense, learn how to learn, and don't give up, you become masterful at those trades. 
Mm-hmm. And then they all come back to serve you in ways you can never, you could never think of because they're a part of you. You know what to do. Yeah. I do my own, and that's part of, that's part of what happened with the self-help. Like in the middle of the 2000s, like 2004, I'm working at this club and I'm looking at reading this book about a guy wanting to do a pie shop. He, only, he goes and works at a pie shop. He works about six months, then he quits. He also opens his own pie shop, then he franchises it, then he sells it for $20 million. He called his method getting in the corridor. So I said, well, shoot, I'm at the club. What can I do? Put a business together, for, uh, business plan, business marketing plan together for the boss so you can, one, get extra income, do all the marketing for the club, but then at the same time, learn. And I put together a business plan. I thought it was just going to be a summary, but business plan is, woof. It's big. you got to have, you got to have, figures and you got to cross T's and dot I's. You better know what you're doing. But I learned, yeah. right? I had a good mentor. And I went to my boss and gave a PowerPoint presentation, bought a projector, bought a screen. And she cut me a check for $25,000 and said, get started. Hmm. Wow. And what I did, in essence, is make myself invaluable because I'm not just a DJ. I'm your DJ. I'm your sound guy. I'm your light guy. I do your graphics. I do your radio. I do your voiceover. I do your video. I do your camera work. I do. I shoot all your girls, and you give me what I want because if I leave, you got to pay for all that to happen, and you see what it does for your club. Mm-hmm. Therefore, every time I come to her and be like, "Hey, this one club want to want me to do a night," she's like, "Nope," and here's why: pulls out a check, cuts me a check because I'm invaluable. I tell people to do that all the. If you got a job that you can't stand. You better learn how to do everybody else's job, not for the company, not for them, but for you, because it makes your transition to the next bigger thing easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And people, most people, what people, what are people going to say? I'm about to do all that extra work, okay? So when something is, when, when a financial crisis happens and everybody loses their job or a pandemic comes, everybody loses their job, now you're sitting there stuck only knowing how to do the same thing you've always known how to do. When you could have learned how to do Sally's job, you could learn how to do the mailroom job. You could learn how to do the boss's job. You could learn how to do the. You could you could learn everybody's job. So if somebody came in sick, was like, "I'm sick, I ain't coming in." I'd be like, "I got it." Yep. You just made your transition to the next thing bigger, or you're gonna keep. You're gonna be the one that they keep because they can't live without you. Mm-hmm. You have to make yourself valuable, especially now. Right and. I just don't see people doing it. But, you know, I'm not, I don't judge anybody because everybody got to find their way. All I can tell you is what I've done yeah. and how I've made a cut to my hustle. And I just, I, I don't think about, I don't think about problems. Like, I love when people come to me with problems. You know, think about it. They have all these things where, like, keep negative people away from you. Well, what if the people you love most in the world are the people that are negative to you? Right, mm-hmm. that happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a way to, you know, you, they're basically you're learning from them. Tell me your problems. So if you tell me a problem, I'm happy because now I get to come up with five solutions and put it in my toolbox for later. Yeah. If you give me an excuse why you can't do something, well, I get to solve that problem, come up with five solutions, so I can put it in my toolbox, use it for later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love to be wrong. I really do. Took me years to get this way, but the biggest the, the biggest Achilles heel for men is their pride. And I love to admit when I'm wrong because for one, it kills your pride. You're dying inside, of course. Ah, I was wrong. <laughs> but being wrong is the path to being right. Mm-hmm. And when you when you, you sequester your pride and kill your ego. Your mind is open to every possibility, every solution, and it's clear. That's why I tell people, stay out of your emotions, stay out of just, just, you got to be able to do that. And that's, you know, people come to me with their problems, are like, so what's the solution? What? What's the solution? Man, I don't know what you're talking about. It's simple. What is the solution to everything that you're complaining about? And they don't even know. Yeah. Or people be like, you know, I... I, I ask people simple. You know how people just get to talking gibberish. They're like, what do you want? That's why I tell them, what do you want? And they can't tell me. I say, what do you want? 
well, you know, if I do it like this, and woo, 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 I was like, that ain't, you ain't telling me nothing. You gibberishing. But, and I, I just show him, I was like, look, this is what I do. I think of the most fantastical, pie-in-the-sky, far-fetched solution or thing that I want. And it's, a far, it's, it's almost like, hey, it's in space. It's to the moon, right? Mm-hmm. But I see it. So you work your way back. What if I got this far? What, what would it take to get this far? What would it take to get this far? Well, I'm kind of there now. What would it take to get this Wait, wait a minute. That's what I'm doing now. And then you realize that you're halfway there. And you've just created a reverse business plan with a step ladder to your goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you thought and you saw the vision of your solution. You just worked your way back to practicality. Right. You got to think of things that are practical to get you to the next level, to get you to the next step. And that's what I do for everything. So when people come to me with that, I do. That's my practice. That's how I stay out of my emotions and my ego and my pride. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have time for that. I have time to all I have time for is how am I going to make this Geico thing last forever? With all how am you... I gonna do? How am I gonna be Jake from State Farm for Geico? Right, yes, right? yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, right? How, how am I gonna be Mayhem for Geico? Right, yeah. Right? How am I gonna be the dude in the ostrich for Geico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right. That's how eight. can I be the caveman for Geico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with all this because... that you got going on, are you still writing music? Hey, so here's the thing. See, all these are lessons right here. This is the main thing the pandemic taught me. Is that sometimes in life you're just not ready. Right? I'm a better artist now. I'm a better writer now. I'm a better I'm a better everything I've ever been. Right? But creativity has to catch up with the technology. Or the technology has to catch up with the creativity. So, the pandemic taught me that at the beginning, I said, I am not going to leave this earth wishing that I had did something and didn't do it that I wanted to do. Because you procrastinate. You're like, okay, I want to, I still want to make music. So how do I, okay, I'm going to make music. I still want to do it. Let me get a chorus. Still want to do it. No. You said that you wanted to do music. You wanted to make songs again. Well, I ain't touched a drum machine in 20 years, so you better learn how to use a drum machine. And I started finding tutors. I got tutors for everything. I got I got mentors and tutors. Tutors, I find people that know things that that's where organizations come in. You can find people that you can pay that will tell you everything because they love talking about what they do the best. And I've got five, six mentors for SEO. I've got five, six music for music production. Now I just finished the session today at two o'clock. Every two o'clock, Gregor Burial. He is an engineer who built the software Studio One Doc, and he's been teaching me since January. And I told him, you know, I had I had tried tutors before, but everybody tries to teach me their way. But I'm too busy to learn it in the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I said, look, I need somebody who's going to teach me according to my workflow. So if I have an audition for a uh, a, a movie, or if I have an audition for a voiceover, hey man, show me how to get my sound sounding better on this voiceover or on this video footage. And then that's what we start with. Hey man, I'm trying to do this and mix this like this. How do I do that? And he's the only one that was said, hey, I like how we're doing this. And now I'm masterful at my workflow. And I've learned everything he wanted me to learn way quicker mm-hmm. so now i'm on the precipice of making songs again right because and and i would never be an artist because you know that's not what i do i'm you know this is the analogy i use say i do a christmas song right or just any song mm-hmm. and i'm like look everybody i got a song it's on itunes buy my record people are gonna be like you know what? DC was doing real good. That Geico commercial. You need to sit his old ass down. <laughs> right? Or I could make a record, 
and I could submit it to all the ad agencies because I'm with the biggest ad agency in the world, I could submit it to one of these Christmas movies that I'm in because I'm auditioning a full year before these shows start shooting the Christmas movie. And then if they pick it, I don't have to do the work. I don't have to say nothing. I've already gotten paid for it. And if it comes out and people start liking that Christmas song, it's my Christmas song. I can license it forever because Christmas comes every year. That's right. <laughs> and people are going to be like, I love that Christmas song. What is that? That's DC from Tag Team. Mm. Man, he's still making money. <laughs> Which result do you like better? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. You have to think because we are living in a bizarro world. Which ain't a bad thing because if you can adapt to the bizarre world and do good things in a bad world, you are going to flourish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. People don't see that. We are in the bizarre world. Everything is upside down. We are in the upside down. Well, let me adapt and do what I got to do in the upside down mm-hmm. and be positive about it, right? Yeah. And change the trajectory and inspire people and let people know that it's going to be okay, but you got to put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. It don't happen just... It don't happen just because it's supposed to happen. Nobody owes you nothing. Nobody's going to give you nothing. Nobody has more than you. Nobody knows more than you unless you let them and you give them that power. And I do not, under any circumstance, give no man any power over me. Because if I have to adapt and learn something, I can do it quickly. Because my whole career, I've been learning how to learn. It's not enough just to learn. you got to learn how to learn. Because technology changes, yeah. paradigm shifts, all kind of things happen. So if you don't learn how to learn, you're out. You, you, you're going to be, you're gonna, that's the whole thing of switching it up, right? Switching it up with, you know, having tutors and all that. Learn how to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can have somebody, have a, you can have a conversation with somebody and learn more. I learned more. I learned a lot in the last little time that me and you, you and I have been talking. That's why I do these things, because... They kill 14 birds with one stone. I'm practicing articulation for voice. I'm practicing storytelling for acting. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting new people. We're coming up with different concepts. We haven't even talked about Wound There It Is, really. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but Wound There It Is is the genesis of all of it. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all relevant. It's all relative together, right? And this is what I do, man. And I love doing it. It is... It, 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 it is it helps me come up with different analogies. What works, what doesn't work, what inspires, what doesn't, what motivates, right? What, why am I here? You know, people think, people always tell me, okay, so what do you want to promote? I'm not promoting anything. When I told you at the beginning, it's not about me, it's about you. Ask what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can tell the same story 150 times. I'm a storyteller. But then think about it. It's how you talk to people. You talk. You don't talk down to them. You talk about them with respect. You talk to them with respect. Therefore, you get respect back, and they believe in you. Mm-hmm. And then they might want to. That one thing you tell somebody might be the one thing that changes their life. Yeah. yeah. The mere fact that I just said I want to say sprinkles at the end changed everything. Because I was just throwing up sprinkles like LeBron James throws up the chop. Right. <laughs> then the director said, hey, you know, I was just like, okay, cool. He's like, hey, man, I want you to yell sprinkles. I was like, cool. And then I did sprinkles. Sprinkles has become the new party people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When people recognize me, they yell sprinkles. Yeah. Wow. And I have embraced it. Yeah. That was prepared, man. Huh. Those preparations were the nuances that make that commercial great. I do that in everything I do. So at least I have a chance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I do press releases all the time, because press releases are Trojan horses for me. Yeah. Whenever I get a good headline, I do a press release. You know, tag team does the Western Conference Finals. They did a good job at the Western Conference Finals. But D.C. is doing this, this, this and this and that, this, this. And he's also doing this and that and that. And he wants to do this. And he'd be nice if he could do this that, and that. If you're listening out there, press release is a Trojan horse for my goals and dreams. I throw it out there, it comes back cool. If it doesn't, it might come five years from now because somebody seen it. Somebody was talking about it, yeah. right? So you got to throw things in the universe and be prepared for them to come back to you, but you don't dwell on it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I have a ball learning. My yeah. favorite thing to do. Yeah, sounds Here. like you enjoy it. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's... it's, it's um, 
But then, you know, I love it all, right? I love I love the fact that when I'm learning how to be a music producer again, the fact that I'm so creative, my vision for songs is just out of here, right? Mm-hmm. Because I said to myself, I never want to do music again with everything riding on it. It'll drive you crazy. You yeah. can do that when you're young, right? Yeah. Not now. If I do it now, it's for fun. Or strategy. Mm-hmm. I can do it trying out different strategies, right? Yeah. Because that's fun. And if it works, then you just get to tweak that strategy. And then you never know. But all you need is one. That's why I'm, I'm, all I'm concentrating on Christmas songs, maybe a Halloween song, because those are things that happen every year. And you can license your material every year. They, in essence, become pension plans. Yeah, look at the Monster Mash. Every year. <laughs> it comes Every up. year. Yep. Every year. I could spend all year making Halloween records, come up with a whole Halloween album, but I wouldn't do it like that. I would license it in pieces. Mm-hmm. I would send it to all the ad agencies. I'd say, here's a block of, of music that you can use. I would send it to all the radio stations. Here's a block of records that you can do, use. I would I would do I would just put it out there. Nobody would know it's me. They would, but they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They would hear the song first. And just imagine, man, you're doing a Hollywood, you know, for Party City, and you get a whole month Party City, and now you now it's over, but you just made a bunch of money. That's right. <laughs> and now here comes Thanksgiving. And we're about to be in Thanksgiving. We got two Thanksgiving parades. We're going. They're paying us to be in. We're getting paid to go to Alaska to scoop ice cream for kids. Wow. A handsome sum. There are five things I want to talk to you right now, but I can't because I'm under NDAs. Mm -hmm. That's how hard I hustle. Yeah. Right? So, you know, this is, for me, the culmination of all this is that it doesn't stop. You know, Whoop There It Is. When we made Whoop There It Is back in the day, it was just a song about two guys chasing women on a Friday night just <laughs> us having fun yeah it wasn't a big it wasn't a big you know Manhattan project where people you know we were in lab coats and really trying to come up with a strategy and it was not, it was just a song it was an attempt to make an up-tempo record because we were in the south and the first up-tempo that we made because we knew we weren't getting out of the southeast unless we made an up-tempo record a bass record that was the one that blew mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it I, I almost gave up I gave every major label the chance to talk to me. They're like, we love that record. We want to hear it. But you're not, you're not signing me. What's up? Wow. And the young lady from a record, one of the record reps from Mercury Records, they need to call Al Bell. And Al Bell, for those who know, who those who don't know, in the beginning of hip, uh, not hip hop, but the beginning of music, black music, soul music, there were three record companies, Motown, Philly International, and Stax Records, Al Bell on Stax Records. Mm-hmm. And the year before, Womb There It Is came out, a, a record called Daisy Dukes. He did that record and made it go gold. So I was like, he's the perfect guy for us. So I called him. Two weeks later, he calls me back. I'm like, look, man, we got a hit record. I work in the biggest clubs in the, in, in, in the country, in Atlanta. Everybody loves this record. And he was like, okay. I was like, wait a minute. Don't play with me, man. You haven't even heard the record. And I'll never forget the words that he said to me. He said, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's wow. agree to agree. And let's get this thing moving. And I gave him out two weeks notice to Magic City because that's the club I was working at. Signed a messed up record deal. And in a month and a half, we were platinum. And the rest is history. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> well, DC, you're running out of time. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do want to finish up with one final question. And actually, sure. it's, it's going to be a three-parter for you. Normally, it's a two-parter, but for you, it's going to be a three-parter. <laughs> oh, here we go. But when you sit back and relax, and it doesn't sound like you do too often because, you know, you're hustling so much here. But when you do, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? What are your favorite movies now and of the past? And since you're in the music business, what's your favorite music now and of the past? So, television... Right now, mm-hmm. right now, my number one show is Chapel Wait. Mm-hmm. Incredible, Chapel Wait. 
the morning show. Yeah. Uh, and American Rust. And there's one more that I just really love. Uh, I really love Chapel Weight. Yeah. Cause that's just, it's just brilliant. It's just real. I love the little vampire thing. Like I love that um, morning show. And then, oh, evil. Love evil. Yeah. I like, I, I mean, I, I look at television because I'm an actor and I just watch and I, I look at writing. I look at things differently now, but I love television. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and my favorite movies, you know, old school or new. I don't look at new movies really, but I look at the old stuff. And you know, the one, the movies that catch me every single time probably are one is The Godfather. The Godfather will always make me stop and just start watching. Classic, yeah. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, Shawshank Redemption will make me stop and just start watching. Good movie, yes. Yeah, and then uh, what else? Um, signs with Mel Gibson. Uh, it's just off the top of my head, and yeah. then maybe um, just, uh, just those are like the ones that really, really. Just, oh yeah, and uh, recently Denzel with uh, Equalizer. Any of the Equalizer yeah. he's in, that's like be some of his best acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I love movies. As far as music, I. I love 90s music, right? Mm-hmm. And really, like, the only thing I listen to is Young Jeezy, but I listen to, which is 2000s, but, you know, that was the Atlanta era, and I was there. I was, I was We were DJing and everything, so that motivates me. But as far as music, I really don't listen to music anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was a DJ all my, I was a DJ all my life, right? Mm-hmm. I know what you and mean. I was I too. I didn't want to be a 50-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to be a 50-year-old DJ. And, you know, I stopped DJing, but it never left me, right? So when we do, like, we have to do an hour, I'll DJ for the first half hour because I get to go back and be a kid doing my 90s set, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But as far as you, I mean, I like, I like you know, old slow jams, but I like all music, really. Yeah. It's not really a, a music is, is different for me. But those are, those are the things that I like. And um, there's a whole bunch I'm forgetting, but... I really love movies and television because I want I, I want to be a great actor. I want that paradigm. I want that. I want the narrative that he started acting when he was fifty, and look at him now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I want because that's the perfect narrative for somebody that starts acting when they're fifty. Right. <laughs> it's the only narrative, right? Because but then it's perfect because I might not have been able to be successful as an actor being younger with so much competition but because i'm older i got my beard and i have the look mm-hmm. i book and people don't even know that i'm dc from tag team right yeah yeah it has nothing to do with anything so i don't even tell anybody yeah. people don't even know i've done the geico commercial and they're looking at me <laughs> you know why it's because it's how i carry myself mm-hmm. i practice humility when i was in the clubs i watched stars rise and fall i watched them come he can come in there and treat people like crap. And then when their record's not hot, I would watch them falter. And I would watch the same people they treated like crap revel in their demise, and they never came back. Yeah. yeah. And I vowed never to be that person. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of lessons from watching people in the club. Yeah. And that was one of them. So I've always been D.C. no matter what. I've always treated people with respect. I've always tried to help people. And I've always been me. And when we roll, we go, we do what we got to do, and we leave. There is no stardom in it. There's nothing to it. And when you don't act like a star, people don't think you're a star. And when you don't act like a star, people don't run up on you like you're a star. They might know, but they respect you because you're just in there trying to mind your own business and do your thing. I really do want to thank you so much, DC. It's been a a pleasure. And, And, you know, you've really given some good life lessons, really. I mean, but... You know, what else is there? Yeah. Right? I've lived a good life, so it would be selfish not to, for me not to just try to impart with a little wisdom to people. Or if it even, it's just with my experiences. But, yeah. you know, I, a lot of people probably think, you know, yeah, we're going to talk about tour bus stories. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about stuff like that. I'll talk about how Whoop happened and everything like that. But everything else I talk about is much more important because if I, Whoop, there it is, was a traumatic experience. 
Yeah. Right? Because it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. So I get to tell all the lessons about when I could have quit and didn't and look where I'm at now because I didn't quit. So it's a blessed life. And I want to thank you for having me on, letting me come run my mouth on your show. <laughs> to everybody out there who's been listening, one final thought. Sprinkle! A big shout out going to DC Glenn for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And like I said, who cannot forget? Whoops, there it is. One of the biggest hits from 1993 and still going strong in commercials and, and movies and everything else to this day. And I got a feeling it's not going to stop. So uh, I want to thank DC for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Well, it has been an exciting day, and we've got a lot of different things coming your way in future episodes of On Screen and Beyond. If you would like to contact me to uh, give me a suggestion or whatever, you can do that at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Or if you want to, uh, like I say, make a suggestion, that would be great. If you can help us out by telling a friend or leaving a review on either Apple or any of the other podcast providers that are out there that you're getting yours from. Uh, it seems like Apple seems to be the one that the majority of the people are listening to, uh, that uh, listen to On Screen and Beyond. But uh, wherever you are, it's going to help out and be sure to get the word out about us. And uh, have your friends go back and look at our catalog, our back catalog. We have so many episodes with so many great guests, and we hope you're enjoying those. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us, or whatever they want to call it. Uh, they call it following now on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and whatever they do on the other ones. I'm not sure, but uh, be sure to uh, do that so you get the episode immediately. Every Sunday night, we put out a new episode, and each day we're putting uh, up the old ones so you can catch up on those too. So that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. Got another great guest coming our way next week. So until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.